Today we look at Hamilton. You know you've hit it big when Weird Al Yankovic records a polka version of your hit songs. But since when is American history this riveting? I'm Rem Whitcraft, and this is Fiction Briefly. According to the Billboard Top 200 charts, the Hamilton cast album hit number two, the highest-ranking cast album since Hair reached number one in 1969. The lyrics are so catchy and clever, the song's modern and memorable, and the diversity of the cast beckons a broader audience. Hamilton is such a popular and pricey Broadway show that the musical's official website offers $10 tickets and a lottery for those who couldn't normally afford the cost. The filmed version, starring the creator Lin-Manuel Miranda, offers an affordable alternative to theater prices, but beware. A true representation of historical content, it is not. Why include falsities and embellishments? Why tell the truth about his infidelity but not about his most deadly rival? Hamilton's life story is certainly notable without any intervention, but Miranda seems to follow a common storytelling method to grip the audience's attention, a method which tells us we need to have a likable hero and a detestable villain. The hero needs to be competent, surviving trials of courage and morality. But to make him interesting, the hero must also have a fatal flaw. Hamilton's flaw was that he talked too much. As Aaron Burr warns in the song, Aaron Burr, sir. Hamilton is opinionated and never backs down, and ultimately this causes his downfall. Heroes are usually shown as coming from humble beginnings, situations where the common person would not rise to the occasion. So it makes sense that Miranda would start here, setting Hamilton above the rest of us riffraff. As the lyrics to Alexander Hamilton go, for someone less astute, he would have been dead or destitute. This follows a template for our legendary heroes that we've been following for thousands of years. Psychiatrist Otto Rank researched myths from around the world in his book The Myth of the Birth of the Hero and found that the odds are always against the hero early on in life. But there's always something special in them that sets them apart. Rank's list has the child losing or taken away from his parents. Hamilton's father abandons him and his mother dies when Hamilton is 12. The difficulties the hero faces as a child, starting from the bottom, set him up for the attitude that he has everything to gain by taking a chance. Miranda spells this out in his song, Wait For It, where Aaron Burr's character sings that Hamilton has something to prove, he has nothing to lose. This explains character motivation, but Miranda makes other strategic choices in creating a compelling musical. For one, he compares Hamilton's fight for independence to another legendary figure's fight in his song, My Shot. Hamilton sings, Foes oppose us, we take an honest stand. We roll like Moses, claiming our promised land. Another strategy aligns moments in Hamilton's life with common folktale devices. The musical version of Hamilton's life can be compared to the plot formula Vladimir Propp came up with after studying the structures of Russian folktales. He published his findings in Morphology of the Folktale in 1928. 
Each stage performs a function in the story and keeps the plot moving along, adding tension and release along the way. If you don't know anything about Hamilton, beware of spoilers ahead. A great way to begin the story is stage one, the absentation. A member of the family leaves the ordinary world, which tells the audience that an adventure is imminent. Hamilton sets off to colonial America to get an education. The next stage provides tension and foreshadowing. The interdiction is where the hero is told to avoid a person or a place. In Hamilton, Aaron Burr warns Alexander to smile and not let on his political leanings by talking too much. But there would be no story without the violation stage, where the hero ignores the warning. Tension is increased as the audience anticipates the ramifications of the hero's actions. Given the chance, Hamilton can't keep his mouth shut. When a loyalist to the English crown preaches against the revolutionaries, he says, Heed not the rabble who scream revolution. They have not your interest at heart. But Hamilton has to set him straight, letting his opinion be known. This reveals Hamilton's character, that he's outspoken and may be a bit hard-headed. But the musical does not show him paying for this stubborn quality. Not yet. Skipping to stage six, trickery. The villain tries to trick the victim either to capture the victim or steal something valuable. This increases the stakes and provides an opportunity for the hero to act. For this portion of the musical, King George III of England serves as the villain, sending a message to the colonists that if they rebel, his forces are ready for the fight. In stage eight, villainy or lack, the villain harms someone or the hero lacks something. The musical shows that the English attack and the colonists, who lack political representation, fight back. Now that the stakes are raised, the audience anticipates the hero's reaction in the tenth stage, beginning counteraction. Hamilton wants to command his own troops. The lyrics for Right Hand Man state, As a kid in the Caribbean, I wished for a war. I knew that I was poor. I knew it was the only way to rise up. He's willing to gamble all he has, his very life, to gain fame and influence. But an opportunity presents itself under General George Washington to be his aide. This puts Hamilton in a position with great future potential, and though not historically accurate, Miranda chooses to show this as an early rivalry between Hamilton and Burr. With this tremendous potential, we have hope for our hero in stage 11, the departure, where the hero leaves the home environment, this time with a sense of purpose. Having recently wed, Hamilton leaves his new wife at home. But the hero rarely succeeds alone. In literature, a wiser and in some ways more competent mentor performs stage 12, the first function of the donor. In Prop's folktales, this involves magic. Though Hamilton doesn't go so far as to involve magic, as my previous podcast on Theseus explains, Washington is regarded in U.S. culture almost as a perfect human being, incapable of error, so his decisions have a sort of magic to them. 
When Hamilton acts as a second in a duel against a disgraced general who undermined Washington's authority, Washington worries this fighting within the ranks will defeat their efforts. He punishes Hamilton by sending him home where Hamilton finds out his wife is pregnant. However, Washington doesn't stay mad for long. In stage 14, Provision of a Magical Agent, the mentor bestows a gift that furthers the plot. Washington finally gives Hamilton the command he desires, the chance to prove himself on the battlefield. By this time, with a wife and child, the hero has something to lose, but it doesn't seem to faze Hamilton. His insatiable drive for success and notoriety outweighs these meager relationships. The mentor usually performs stage 15, Guidance, where the hero is led to an important object. Washington advises Hamilton that he has no control over the outcome of the battle, and that he may see his men slaughtered. This raises the stakes and increases the tension for the audience as they anticipate Hamilton's performance in the field. The hero reaches the struggle stage, where he fights the villain. The action portion of a struggle gives a sense of good against evil and reinforces audience loyalty in the hero. Hamilton enters the Battle of Yorktown, 1781. It's revealed in the song Yorktown, The World Turned Upside Down that Hamilton intends to end slavery in the making of this new country. This puts a moral spin on Hamilton's ambition, implying he cares not for personal glory, but for the greater good. Keeping the audience's faith in the hero's abilities, the formula produces a victory where the villain is defeated. The Continental Army defeats the British. In stage 19, we get the liquidation of Lack, which continues the positive trajectory of the plot, setting the hero up for a devastating fall later on. In Hamilton, the citizens now have the political representation they lacked, at least powerful male landowners do. The president will be chosen by the electoral college, and for the most part, this is not determined by popular vote. So there's no historical love for the unwashed masses built into the U.S. government from the beginning. An interesting stage Miranda utilizes is 23, where the hero is not recognized as such. Hamilton has done well commanding troops, and he's made friends in high places. But in the Constitutional Convention song, Nonstop, another attendee regards Hamilton and says, Yo, who the F is this? This primes the audience for the hero's new challenges. He's found some success, but has more to prove. In stage 24, Unfounded Claims, a false hero appears. This stage usually represents a cautionary tale for the audience. Be careful who you trust. Aaron Burr appears to be an ally of Hamilton's where the Constitution is concerned, However, when Hamilton asks him to sell his constitutional ideas to the people by writing essays, Burr refuses. This sets the stage for a dramatic twist of Burr's loyalties. Another dramatic climb occurs at stage 25, or the difficult task, where the hero must solve a difficult problem. Hamilton needs public support for his ideas. 
he gets together with some more willing allies and writes a load of essays called the Federalist Papers to gain public support for the new constitution. The plot still rising in action, the hero finds success in stage 26, the solution. The constitution is ratified by most of the states and Washington gets elected. Moving in this positive direction, the hero is recognized. Hamilton gains fame as the first Secretary of the Treasury. He must compromise with other cabinet members over his ideas of a federal treasury. Again, the subject of slavery arises as his opponents, Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, accuse Hamilton of making the federal government too powerful. They finally compromise moving the capital out of New York. Tension increases as the hero hits more difficulties with stage 28, the exposure of the false hero. Despite their common goal to create a new government, Jefferson, Madison, and Burr resent Washington's support of Hamilton's idea to create a powerful federal government. Again, Miranda strives to promote Burr in this villainous light, showing him as envious of Hamilton. The plot takes a turn in stage 29, The Transfiguration, where the hero gains a new appearance. When Washington steps down from his presidency, the new president, John Adams, fires Hamilton. Rumors about Hamilton embezzling money from the government and admission to an affair further ruin his reputation. Though not historically accurate, the firing represents a more exciting fall from grace than just stepping down. The embezzlement rumors and affair, however, are true. But not to let the hero languish, we reach the punishment stage where the villain suffers the consequences of their actions. President Adams loses the next election, and Jefferson and Burr tie for the position. Hamilton supports Jefferson, which angers Burr, and Burr eventually challenges Hamilton and his big mouth to a duel. Normally in this stage, the hero prevails and we get the typical fairy tale ending, but alas, this is where Hamilton dies. But Miranda keeps with the energy of the rest of the play and utilizes stage 31, The Wedding, where the hero is rewarded or promoted by the family or community. Despite his public infidelity, Eliza Hamilton strives for her husband to be remembered as a hero of the revolution setting up a charity in his honor and interviewing veterans he served with to tell his story. Audiences can leave the theater sobered by Hamilton's dedication and drive, feeling his efforts were all worth it despite his tragic end. But above all else, they will be satisfied with a conclusion that feels finished. Forget that he wasn't able to end slavery. Tension has been released, and though he died, goodwill towards the hero abounds. This is the beauty of the formulaic happy ending. The instability of this new government and the unfortunate compromises made by Hamilton while he served it are conveniently left out as they only distract from the rosy picture following his death in 1804. Continuing the story, First, the northern states conspire to secede, and ultimately, South Carolina leads the South's withdrawal from the Union in 1860. But this musical is for entertainment, for New York pride, and for praising the underdog. 
We don't need facts weighing us down. There are plenty of examples to support the success of applying props list and other formulas, so why reinvent the wheel? The varied trajectory keeps the story moving and adds tension and release along the way. Small problems lead to small successes. Complications arise until there is one final beast to slay. The wedding stage at the end is just a nice way of tidying up an already satisfying conclusion. Some find this plotting too predictable. What if this is a villain story? What if the conclusion isn't a positive outcome? Join me on my next episode when I analyze the unconventional 2019 film, Joker. As a villain's story, you can decide whether or not the ending hits that happy mark. You can comment on this episode or suggest new content on my Facebook page, Fiction Briefly. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on whichever platform you listen on. Once again, I thank Kestrel and Mexican Spy Company for all music and sound production for this show. This has been Fiction Briefly, giving you a glimpse into the mind of an artist. Thank you for listening.